going deep. I feel like Kalo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a three-peat. I don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones or a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you courtside. They ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. That's right, Capital. It is going deep, and we are going deep on all things March Madness. It is the greatest time of year. If you're a hockey fan, Frozen 4 interests you, but for me, it's all about the ladies and the men as they dance to Texas this year as the ladies' tournament is in Dallas. The men's tournament is in Houston. Trying to survive in advance, which is my motto for parenting, but this time of year, it's all about who we have to play for that one shining moment after Selection Sunday. And as you're filling out your brackets, as you listen to this, got some time to get them in before tip-off Thursday afternoon, I'm going to give you a little bit of statistical data, some insight, and then we're going to talk to two guests who know a lot about this tournament. First of all, if you are random, just have no ideas, making picks based off of what mascot would beat the other or school color or coach that you recognize. If you just go totally random, your chances of having a perfect bracket. And I don't know how anyone ever, 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 ever has a perfect bracket. And I guess this is why the chances of that happening are one in 9.2 quintillion show. Did you know that quintillion was a number? Cause I did not. Do you know what a quintillion is? I have never heard the term quintillion in my life before now. Well, I'm here to educate. It's a billion, a billion. Like you stack two billions on top of each other, you'll get a quintillion. And your chance, if you know nothing, for a perfect bracket is one and 9.2 quintillion. Now, if you know something, if you have some level of insight, like me, like yourself, if you're a sports fan, your chances improve to... A cool one and 120 billion. So you're, we're in the ballpark. Uh, but, but there are some key indicators. I, I approach show the March Madness bracket the way I approached the SATs. I don't know if you took the SATs. I you know, went to an American school out of high school. So I did all the SAT prep courses. And it's not about how much you know. It's how much you can eliminate and then make an educated guess based off of the choices that are left. And that's exactly how I approach my bracket. We're looking for things to eliminate. So, for example, for five straight years, a number one seed has won the national championship. So, generally, we're going to be choosing between those top four seeds. So, let's, again, looking for teams to eliminate. Now, Kansas, who is a number one seed, some would say should be the number one overall seed because of their quad one or pot one wins nonetheless Kansas is looking to become just the third repeat champion in the last 50 years so of those number one seeds maybe you want to take the Jayhawks out of the equation Uh, Bill Self rejoining uh, the team as he has been ill now in terms of those first round picks you got you got to have a good first round to be in the conversation a 16 has only beat a one seed once so like don't be that person. They're one in 147. That is a 0.007 
percentage chance. However, if we go to the 12-5 line, 33 wins over five seeds in the last 20 tournaments. So I'm not saying you should go with all four 12s winning, but you maybe want to sprinkle on one or two. The last time the five swept the 12s was 2018. Now, 11-6 is also one where you should look at. Since 2010, 11 seeds are 26 and 22. They actually have a winning record over the sixes. When we look at those 10 seeds, at least one win over a seven seed in 24 of the last 25 tournaments. So again, might not want to go chalk in the first round. Nine eights. Actually, you'll be surprised in the history of the tournament. Nines favor eights, 76 to 72. That's a 51.4% winning percentage. And in terms of finding who that champion is going to be, the last team to win from the mountain or Pacific time zone was Arizona in 1997. I'm talking about Mike Bibby. That, that's how long. That's how long we're talking about a Arizona team or really a team from the Pacific winning the overall championship. But don't sleep on the underdogs. We've had at least one double-digit seed reach the Sweet 16 every year since 2008. Do you know where I was in 2008? You don't want to know. It's, it was a while ago. So those are some of the data that I have looked up with my friend uh, Google in ChatGPT that will help you eliminate some scenarios when it comes to the March Madness tournament. But the March Madness tournament is always tons of fun. We're going to break down the tourney and get some storylines and some trends to go with the analytics from John Gasway of ESPN. He's one of their college hoops writers, writes with a great analytical background, but also writes with a great human interest background. And so we're going to talk to him about not only what the data says about these teams, but what are some of the storylines that we really should understand, know, so that maybe we can fall in love with these teams this March. Let's listen and learn about all things March Madness as we go deep with John Gasway. So uh, I was saying earlier, somewhat of a wide open bracket, trying to narrow the field down as much as possible with some process of elimination. But it seems to me it's one of the years where there isn't a clear dominant team like we have on the women's side of the bracket that we have a bunch of flawed teams that could win multiple weekends in a row or could be out early. How, How do you see the bracket the way it stands? I say here, here, exactly what you said. The only thing I would hasten to add is when we do have a dominant team, uh, they lose. Every time there's an overall, <laughs> every time there's an overall number one seed and we have the discussion, oh, big overall number one seed or the field, you know, who do you take? Uh, the field always wins. It, it has, you know, every year for years, whether you're talking about Kentucky in 2015 uh, Gonzaga the last couple of years, uh, one of those years undefeated coming into the tournament, uh, never works out for those teams. So you're exactly right. Uh, I, I, I also see blue sky uh, in this bracket for, for everybody, um, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. We're all 
looking at this in advance. And, you know, the, the wisdom starts getting proven wrong in just a few hours here. <laughs> and that's, that's what we love about March Madness. No question. And you mentioned Gonzaga, who, you know, so often people said, well, this is the year. This has to be the year. You know, they've had a better out-of-conference schedule or they have top-level players who are future pros. Whatever the calculus that needed to change, people thought it would be the year and it wasn't. Now, maybe is it better that they're under the radar in terms of seed? They play no freshmen. They beat Alabama and St. Mary's. Obviously, they lost to Texas. But does Mark Few have this team set up maybe to finally get over the hump? You're so right. I mean, how poetic would it be if, you know, for the first time in a while, (laughs) we're not talking. I mean, they've been a number one seed for a long time, and now they're a lowly number three seed. Ha, I would love it if my team were a number three seed. Mm -hmm. And how perfect would it be if, you know, this were the year uh, for Gonzaga? You know, their chances are not bad. They're not great. A lot will depend. uh, You know, they've got – to do some work right in their own pod first. Uh, you know, you, you figure it could be TCU. That's a tough team, possibly even Arizona State or Nevada. But then people tend to like to look ahead at uh, a rematch with, with UCLA. And they're a little dinged up. We know one player will be gone, but uh, it's possible that they'll have Bona back. And uh, it'll it could be a tough path, but the Bulldogs have looked tremendous lately. Uh, a light seems to have gone gone back on, and uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Well, you mentioned the injuries, and to me, that is one of, if not the biggest storylines, and my biggest struggle when looking at my bracket in terms of saying, well, this is what this team's body of work has been, what the efficiency numbers say, but is that the team that's actually going to show up on Thursday or Friday There are so many big teams with injury questions. Uh, How do you navigate what some of those things might look like and who will be available? I don't minimize those questions. You know, the best example, definitely, I think, is Houston, which, you know, was without Marcus Sasser, their best player, in the last game they played, and they lost by 10 points. It was the first game they played entirely without him lost to a very good Memphis team, by the way, uh, a a group to watch in the bracket. Uh, So you're right to say, well, what's going on here? You know, with, you know, big previously uh, scheduled favorite Houston, number one seed lost by 10 at the same time, I, I can't help, but also be conscious that, you know, we want to make these relatively minute adjustments for injuries within a sport where just five years ago, we saw a number one seed lose by 20 points to a number 16 seed. I mean, that's how random the sport itself is. And it's just like this big earthquake that shakes the whole room we're in. And we've got tweezers in a jeweler's class worrying about injuries. So um, it, it's a challenge, no doubt about it. And Houston did look different. But at the end of the day, you know, basketball is going to basketball. And we're just all along for the ride. No question. One of the things that, you know, what I, I miss about the tournament is I feel like there are less brand name stars or superstars, and that's on the court, but also on the sidelines. Two of them that we still have, though, are Rick Pitino and Coach Cal. And I'll start with Coach Calipari, who is one of the biggest names in coaching, but 
looks like he's under some increased scrutiny as he hasn't won a tournament game since 2019. Kentucky is a name that people know and will want to advance, but is there pressure building for Coach Cal in Lexington? You know, both sides of that question are true. I mean, my gosh, if Kentucky lost in the round of 64 and the Wildcats uh, fan base is rather famously demanding, I mean, the, the uproar would be tremendous. And to be clear, there's uproar if any high seed loses in the round of 64. But yes, that would be epic. At the same time, um, if they did lose, it would be to another major conference team, Providence, that has looked really uh, poor as of late, but still is a, is a major conference team. And this is Kentucky. Uh, they were thought to be in danger of missing the tournament just a month ago. They played a great stretch of basketball. And, uh, you know, he's been successful by really any metric, you know, except <laughs> that win streak that you name. And let's not forget, you know, the miracle that happened last year, they lost in overtime to a St. Peter's game, St. Peter's team that then went on all the way to the regional finals. So, again, uh, March Madness comes by its name. Honestly, Calipari has definitely suffered because of that, but uh, he hasn't, you know, forgotten about basketball since winning it all in 2012. I love the fact that selection committee has – uh, sense of humor, if you will, and has them playing Providence, you know, star for Providence, a transfer from Kentucky, who has been yeah. uh, very critical of Coach Cal. So we'll see what that storyline looks like in round one. But also the storyline that we often see in the tournament is, you know, a mid-major coach takes a team really far, propels himself, and all of a sudden he's fielding offers from bigger conferences, except in this case, that mid-major coach is a Hall of Famer and Rick Pitino looking for a potential Big East glow-up. What have you made of his reemergence with, uh, you know, a, a mid-major in Iona? Yeah, his phone has been uh, ringing uh, pretty steadily, well, really, <laughs> the whole season. But uh, he's he's made no secret of his wish to coach, as he puts it, you know, in a conference that's not a, a one-bid conference. And there's openings um, in his, you know, in, in his backyard, relatively speaking, in the Big East, in uh, in St. John's and at Georgetown, and a lot of rumors flying. But uh, he has been successful in every college posting he's ever had, dating back to you know, when he was in his early 30s and was a, a, a wunderkind uh, head coach. And, you know, he's always had that ability, uh, a couple stops in the NBA that did not go as well. But uh, he, even at uh, this age, and I believe he's 71, he can still write his ticket, and understandably so. Uh, there would have been a time where you would have said, boy, I don't know, you know, he's he's at the – uh, nearing the end of his career, but now with the transfer portal being as it is and building for today, you know, why not uh, take a flyer with this guy? He uh, he certainly knows what he's doing. I was talking earlier in the show about the fact that, you know, there aren't the same amount of stars that everyone knows about that they're looking forward to watch in this tournament and then eventually see their name get called in the NBA draft. One of them is Brandon Miller, but 
sadly, the conversation <laughs> about him hasn't been about him potentially being a top three lottery pick, right. but it's about, you know, whether or not he was an accessory to capital murder. Right. And, you know, I think really fairly how Alabama handled the entire situation around exactly. him. Right. Uh, exactly. They're going to be somewhat insulated with their first two games being in Birmingham. But as you know, as you advance, the level of scrutiny and the level of media increases. What do you make of how they've gotten to this place and, and how they might be able to see things forward as they try to win a national championship? Yeah, he uh, he failed himself with his actions, and then to compound matters, uh, the the uh, nominal adults around him, uh, if anything, performed even worse. Uh, their initial uh, statements on the matter were just horribly uh, inappropriate, just minimizing uh, what was plainly a, a, a terrible tragedy, and speaking of it in you know. Uh, you know, team and basketball terms when, you know, somebody died and it, it was just uh, reprehensible to their credit. <laughs> they, they realized it immediately. I don't know how they could not have and uh, backpedaled as fast as humanly possible. But uh, you're exactly right. There's no question that uh, on the basketball floor, uh, Brandon Miller is a star. Uh, unfortunately, we've got a, a very similar uh, analog in the NBA right now. Nobody questions John Morant's uh, abilities on the floor, but he too is having uh, off-court issues quite rightly, and that's what we've got this year in college basketball. Uh, Brandon Miller is tremendous talent, 6'9". He, he's a shooter. He's a ball handler. He he makes threes, um, but this is uh, what happened recently, and it definitely casts a cloud and will continue to. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear someone like Jay Billis saying, you know what, the school's thinking of the rights of Brandon Miller and doing best by him. I, I also wonder that you know, this is, um, no matter whose account you believe, uh, the weapon in this case was owned by someone who was on this team earlier in the year. And so the fact that there wasn't some pause to consider, um, you know, something much more important than being the number one overall seed for the first time in school history is something I, I really struggle with. I also struggle to really understand what Texas is, is going to be like. I really like them. and I like their numbers, but they also have an interim coach because of another not so great story. And you know, their former coach, Chris Beard, who's now on his way to Ole Miss being accused of strangling and throwing and biting his fiance. Now, uh, he was suspended at the time, you know, the case has been thrown out, but I, I don't really know how to evaluate them on the floor given, you know, we haven't seen an interim coach really since coach Fisher in Michigan be able to steer a team to a national championship. How do you view the Longhorns? Yeah, they, uh, they seem to have embraced uh, the situation that was handed to them. And the one thing you have to remember in many of these cases is, and I'm you know, not speaking from any uh, inside knowledge about Texas, but in, in some cases, it, it takes a lot uh, for a head coach to be cashiered in the middle of the season. And that can correlate uh, rather well with a personality that the team does not mind seeing going away. 
And interim coach Rodney Terry uh, seems like a, a genial sort who is uh, highly esteemed by his players. And in the most uh, banal instrumental sense, this all uh, happened a, a pretty long time ago in the season. And they've played a lot of basketball since then under Terry. So uh, they look to be tough. They obviously won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, it's just a, an evaluative challenge because the Big 12 is so strong. The last time we saw Texas play true road games, uh, they lost all four of them <laughs> the last four times. But there are no true road games in the NCAA tournament. And uh, this is if you like uh, the old teams, meaning not in terms of junior, senior, but actual age, date of birth, uh, Texas nets out very well on that measure when weighted by minutes. So that's another thing to consider. One of those older players is Marcus Carr, someone who Canadians are really excited to see in the tournament. There are 23 Canadians in this year's tournament. Uh, Before I let you go, I'll have you break down the game of a couple. Let's start with Marcus Carr, someone who's seemed to really mature uh, over his time uh, at the collegiate level. How important is he to their success? He's finally important, and I, and I made this point in, in something uh, in passing where I was writing just uh, short snippets about a, a very large number of teams. But just last week, I feel like people uh, have this sense that they know Marcus Carr. He's been around forever. <laughs> he was at Pittsburgh. He was in Minnesota. Now he's at Texas. Yeah, yeah, we get it. He's had a tremendous season. He's had you know far and away his best season, and he was known already to be a good player. So this is a tough, deep and veteran team that Texas has. And certainly nobody is, is more veteran than uh, Marcus Carr and his shots are going in and he is, uh, he is the, well, he's kind of the co-quarterback of this team. You know, Uh, Timmy Allen is also a talented distributor, but uh, he is a big part of what makes Texas go. Another tough team is Purdue. They're led by Canadian and Zach Eady, who, you know, is one of, uh, you know, the best players in the country. This tournament might be a referendum on what his NBA draft stock might look like, but you can't question what he's done at the NCAA level. Evaluate him as a prospect. What will Canadians be able to see from his game? Yeah, he is a simply dominant uh, force at the college level, the most dominant player in a very different way than, say, a Brandon Miller, which we're used to seeing. But with E.D., it's as if the three-point line never happened because he can still uh, dominate the paint the way, you know, the the sport used to revolve around those guys, you know, Jabbar, Walton, Wilt, those guys. uh, That's what Zach E.D. is. He has worked uh, tirelessly, and people think, you know, that it's easy because he's seven foot four. And uh, my colleague, Jeff Borzello, had a great story, you know, where one of the Purdue assistant coaches uh, said, do you realize how many tall guys play this game? And they stink. <laughs> Zach Eady is he's he's a wonder of footwork and he can score from the block. And uh, Purdue is all about him. Uh, it's been common this year for people to say, oh, Purdue is so much more than Zach Eady. And one rule of thumb is that when people say that, 
it's probably about Zach Eady, you know, if you have to say that. Um, it, it's really Zach Eady, very young backcourt on Purdue, uh, both first-year players in a game that's increasingly about uh, older players. And uh, it's it's really mostly about Zach Eady, and he has been fantastic. As people are filling out their brackets, you know, there's – Obviously, the trend to pick the 12 over the 5. I was reading some stats earlier, the amount of, you know, 11 seeds that have gone, you know, to the Sweet 16. Is there uh, a sleeper that you really like? Uh, you're in luck. Uh, the uh, My employer has an annual feature the night of Selection Sunday on the with a statistical model that, to be uh, candid, uh, well predates my employment at ESPN. I'm just the humbled messenger, but we we put in the results and it tells us the answers. Ten most likely uh, upsets where there's at least a five seed line difference. And the number one game that it spit out this year was, as you say, a number 12 over number five. So uh, give this a look and see what you think. Number 12, VCU over number five, St. Mary's. Uh, pretty close to an, uh, a coin flip chance for VCU, although St. Mary's is an outstanding team that is still slightly favored, even in our, you know, quote unquote, giant killers model. But uh, the Rams won their conference tournament, the Atlantic 10. They've looked fantastic the last three weeks or so. And uh, if nothing else, that should be a, a great game. So VCU possibly over St. Mary's 12 over five. I've got it down right now. VCU has given us so many great tournament memories over the years. St. Mary's is a team that the Ken Palm numbers really like, but that would be a big upset, no doubt. Okay, and lastly, before we let you go, you said you would take the field over a number one based off of history, but who would you take? Uh, In your bracket, the last team standing this year will be who? Well, you're in luck again. My editor just asked me that very question because everybody at ESPN has to make their picks. My final four is Houston, UCLA, Alabama, and Marquette, and I've got Houston winning it all. And this ties into your earlier question about injuries. I'm thinking maybe Marcus Sasser is going to be okay, and even if he's not, I think they can win a first-round game against a number 16 seed, and hopefully by this weekend he'll be fine. So. I'm looking for the Cougars to finally be healthy for a tournament and finally win it all. We'll see. Well, great minds think alike because I will say I do put in multiple brackets. I am the person who puts in a bracket under their kid's name, just hoping to hedge my bets. (laughs) But in the bracket with my name on it, the one that I'm, I guess, most proud of, uh, I I do have Houston uh, winning it all. All So uh, we're in it together. We'll hope for good health. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to John. You can find his work at ESPN. We will, in our show notes, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, link to not only his work previewing the tournament and the stories that he mentioned on ESPN, we're also going to link to some of the stories we have here at Sportsnet previewing the tournament. Yours truly is going to write about some of the numbers we just described. We're going to take a break. And afterwards, we'll talk about some of the betting numbers with everybody's favorite better, Cabell Richards. Stay with us. My name is Lucille Bryan. I'm Clifton Bryan. My grandson has a show. 
and I'm so happy that you are listening to Gondi with Donovan Bennett. I'm so glad that you had the show. Thank you. Thank you, Grandma and Granddad. Uh, their voice reminds me of being a kid and being over at their house for holidays and March breaks because who the hell is going to watch your kids during March break other than grandparents? And, and the best part is you don't have to watch me because I was watching the tournament. I was watching Bryce Drew hit a winner. I was watching Tyus Edney hit winners. Tyus Edney. Right? Miles Simon, what you know about him? <laughs> That's great. Khalid Elamine. Oh, nice. Go ahead. Great, great reference. Pitt Snoggle. Pitt Snoggle. I was watching Darren Williams get blown out by 20 or 30 to UNC in 05. Oh, I love fighting Illini. I loved Coach K last year get blown out by UNC. Oh, nice. See ya. Okay. How do you feel this year, though? I mean, hey, listen. Are you are you a Carolina guy? I am. Yeah. Why? Because because of Michael? No, because of Michael. Michael hit when Michael hit the shot. I was being born. Like well, no. Not yeah, of but the legacy remains, bro. You own numerous pairs of jo- of Jordans I because did. of Michael. But listen, there's a lot of people who own numerous pairs of Jordans who have no idea where Chapel Hill is. <laughs> so I don't you, think you've been to about. Chapel Hill, yeah. I have not. No, McAuliffe, you never shot a, a, a feature there. McAuliffe did the uh, did the UNC uh, run. I did oh, not okay. shoot a feature there. Uh, yeah, this is this will let you know the hierarchy. So, guy, you were like twenty three years old when you're at the score when we were there. I, so I, I did not say I wasn't. Okay, so McAuliffe did Tobacco Road. So he did uh, Duke. He did uh, UNC. Probably you know threw in like a Wake Forest there. You well before we had the rights to the March Madness tournament. Uh, did Duke by Duke? <laughs> Duke by Duke. Salute to the Duke of Earl. And we went to like a crazy Halloween party. We we pitched just we really wanted to go because we we okay we wanted we, some, to go yeah. And then some girls told us about it. So then we like. <laughs> we're able to like make six content pieces out of going to Chapel Hill for specifically a Halloween party, which was legit right down Franklin street, like 40,000 people. It was awesome. So we have this terrible system called Oracle where we do our expenses here, at Rogers, and you got to put in like your receipts and you know, the province or state you're in and you know what you got to drop down, what kind of expenses it. And then they've got this thing. I think it's like, this is like reg- reasoning. And I just always like, copy and paste feature production because it's just like vague enough that no one wants to. Is that where your March Madness brackets expenses are going? No, no, <laughs> I wish, it's just research. Uh, no, but like I, I, I wish we, we, one, we didn't have anything like that at the score at the time. Or I, I just wasn't at the level that I needed to do anything like that. But two, I wish, you know, you were filling out your expenses and it's just like reasoning, like some girl told us about it <laughs> <laughs> as to why you went. But no, McCallum had, you know, uh, the t- tobacco row. I had like the Cincinnati trip, right. so I'm going to Xavier, right? right, right. right? Talking did, to Jordan you, Crawford, you I'm going. Get, to, I'm going to Cincinnati talking to Lance Stevenson. You, you did the Ohio run because you yes. did speak to Evan Turner at the Ohio State at in the that Ohio, Ohio State, run. yes, which is the big school on that run. So yeah, our trips were a bit different, but uh, I enjoyed them uh, nonetheless. And then eventually. Uh, when some of the big dogs didn't want to do it, then I I got to sprinkle in a sewer, the Syracuse, and like 
Okay, Johnny Flynn. Johnny Let's Flynn. Go. Let's oh go. my gosh. Okay, Remember Joseph? when Minnesota drafted both of those dudes? Ricky yes. Rubio and Johnny Flynn? Yeah, and, and Ricky Rubio still in the league. Still dropping dimes. Yeah. Steph Curry still uh you know putting big numbers up. Of course, man. That guy's iconic. We didn't have a Davidson run uh back then. <laughs> uh, Nobody knew. Evidently. Nobody knew. Uh, but I I remember you know him hitting big shot after big shot after big shot in the tournament and like you know some threes especially in the NCAA tournament where the threes aren't as prolific as they are in the NBA where you're just watching the Rockets you know just jack a three on fast breaks oh like the James Harden Rockets yes yeah, thank yeah. you not the current Rockets they're bricking threes on fast breaks <laughs> but in the tournament when someone hits a big three and they cut to the bench, they cut to the fans and just some threes are heavier than others. Right. It's just like, hold that, <laughs> hold that Georgetown. Right. Steph Curry would say. And so I just remember, he, you know, you've got that anticipation is like, will it drop? Won't it? Cause also in the NCAA tournament, you could go five minutes without a bucket and just That's like true. lots of hustle. And it's also the single elimination obviously creates the tension and the drama. Yes. You no, know what the, you and know, the runs just like, you know, coaches just, Timeout, fifteen-two run. We got to regroup. Yeah, and so and some of those. So a couple of things about this tournament is some of those iconic to- coaches are, have retired, gone. They're not there. And some of them need to retire too. Like Tom Izzo, come on, man, come yeah, on, home. come on. Home. Yeah, he's. Well, How he, many scandals are you gonna outlast, my guy? <laughs> All of them. I mean, yeah, Iona, uh, uh, Rick Pitino, still. He's he's in the tournament. Not he that is. he's. In, I mean, he was at some point. Iconic, but uh, he's now known for uh, more nefarious things. Um, but this, this Google, tournament... Google that story, listener. Okay. Well, I mean, there's multiple stories. There are. And yeah. I'm not talking about the Adidas one. Okay. Right? We're talking about okay. the <laughs> restaurant one. <laughs> but this tournament is missing stars. You mentioned Steph Curry, and and I guess he became a star kind of in the same way Kevin Durant then did. But in Kevin Durant's era, like Greg Oden was a massive star. Tyler Hensbro, your Carolina... Uh, uh, Tar Heels, like he was a big cultural star. Well, not only was he a big star, it was a big get when you interviewed him. Like that, I remember when when you filed that and it came back. Like so, we we got Tyler Hansbrough because he was someone you would watch and seen him grow over the time. He was like an NCAA celebrity, and then he had like an okay, you know, career, career yeah. with the Pacers. You know, Us. is there a more a is there a more Tyler Hansborough franchise than the Indiana? <laughs> Maybe the Boston Celtics. Maybe. Like, the Utah what are you Jazz really trying to say? had him like, what are you like trying three to say? under draft board. What's the subtext? Yeah, he, he was made for them. <laughs> they were made for him. But, like, you know, outside of Brandon Miller, who many people know because his team and, and him were in the news for nefarious reasons, there, there, there aren't the same amount of brand name players Agreed, in yeah. the tournament. I would argue one of them, and maybe we're somewhat biased because of where we live, is Zach Eady. Well, yeah, but he's like a Big Ten player of the year. I'm a guy he's putting up huge numbers at Purdue. So, yes, like his his excellence has, is the reason he's on our barometers. But there aren't, like even Gonzaga, which has had multiple Canadians go through from Brandon Clark and, and um, oh, my gosh, Nebhard. you said Utah. Um, uh, Kelly Olenek, Pangos, Pank and Pangos, um, and you know last year they had Chet Holmgren, but even Zach Gonzaga's in the tournament, obviously, but they don't have the same kind of shine this year, and there are no this yeah this this season this tournament's missing stars, and for that reason it to me so wide open, 
Well, I have no, like, I know I'm going to fill out a bunch of brackets, but I don't really have, there isn't like a consensus number one, even though the Houston Cougars are number one, there isn't like the team where everybody's like, yeah, this, these guys have got it in the bag. Well, the committee actually has, if I mean, it doesn't matter because they're all ones, but committee, like if you look at the way they, they slot teams and group them and then seed them. They actually have Alabama as their consensus number one. Now, some people say it should be Kansas. Someone, some people would say, based off of the advanced analytics, the team that is the real number one and really what matters is who Vegas is giving the best odds to. And that's Houston. Houston. Yeah. So it will be somewhat fascinating in that standpoint. But I think we're, we're certainly missing the star, the star power, because guys aren't there for as long or they're just not there at all. Right, they're just going straight to the G League, or they're playing in Europe, or in you know overtime or whatnot. But I think we're missing a couple other things. You mentioned it in terms of star coaching power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, no Coach K. No Coach K. Uh, Jim Beheim. Yeah. Is gone. Um, Roy Williams now now gone, um, and so you know you're missing that. Coach Calipari is at a Mac school, a Mac with two A's. <laughs> the Mac that I played in, the MAAC. <laughs> Shout out to the Iona Eagles. And that's another thing when I fill out my bracket is, and I want to know how you fill out yours. I am No, Calipari's in Kentucky. Iona is... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, Rick Pitino, Pitino. Is, is in Iona. Calipari, obviously, still in Kentucky. Uh, I, I, I fill out my bracket with a couple ways because I'm loyal to the soil. The conference that I, I played in for a year in the NCAA is, the, as I mentioned, the MAAC. So whether it's Iona or, or Marist, uh, so anytime those schools other than the one that you know I played. You have them advancing to like the Sweet Sixteen. I have no, I haven't win, I'm just winning a game. Just okay, winning a okay, game. Yeah. I just want to cheer for them. Like I've been on your campus. Uh, you know, so shout out to Duquesne. Let's go. Duquesne. Let's get it. The um, Dukies. So, you know, any of those schools, uh, you know, I, I ride for. And then if there's a school that recruited me at all, if you came to my house, if you had my mom, you know, warm up some Eminem meat shops for you, <laughs> then you know what? Listen, Colgate. You, you gave me some love. I'm gonna show you some love. Okay. Listen, Virginia Union, holla. Okay. I know you barely make it to the tournament, but Charles Oakley is an alum. So when you get nice. there, I'm gonna show you some love. That's awesome. Ben that's Wallace awesome. also an alum. So the, 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 that's the way I fill out my bracket. But the other thing is because we historically have teams that you love, teams that you hate for whatever reason, their style of play, their coach. Their legacy, the legacy, the aura about the school and the team, and yeah, Yeah. and we're we're really talking about Duke. Well, there's Duke, but like you know, I Indiana. I didn't I did not like Indiana growing up. Really, even Isaiah Thomas, like one, I think he won a couple of championships with Bobby Knight before your time. He was in the seventies, but like Bobby Knight beat his players. With a whip, as if he no, was like not a, a whip. He th- what did he beat him with? He, he headbutted a guy. A no, guy. no, 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 no. He 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 whipped his players. I'm, no, gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to not in real not in real life. Like he took his belt off as though he was like uh, uh, our Jamaican dad's yeah grandfather in, in freaking 1987 when we were just being bad. There's no way he actually whipped players. There was a headbutt. He threw a chair. I'm sure he kicked a couple. Well, I shouldn't say okay. allegedly. Go- Googling, uh, I just googled Bobby Knight whip. This is the headline that comes up: March 28, 1992, the year of the Dream Team. A long ago, but not that long ago. 
Knight won't apologize for Whip. Oh my gosh. That guy's a friggin' a-hole. Like top tier capital A, a-hole. NAACP decries photo of Knight putting Whip on black player. This oh. happened in oh real life. So yes, I, I'm okay. sorry, yes. Isaiah. Sorry, no. Zeke. No, no, I don't like that, Indiana. That's fair. Yeah, that I is fair. Didn't watch Hoosiers. Not the best basketball movie. Sorry to break it no, to you. Hoosiers terrible. Terrible. Uh, so, but, but I feel like now all of these teams kind of blend together. Like if if, if Duke walked off a bus and UNC walked off a bus. Is there a great difference between them? Like, not really. And, and and so I lament the fact, and maybe Purdue might be one of the teams that has some difference. Gonzaga still. Virginia still has a certain type of way of playing. Villanova under Jay Wright, another big-time coach who's yeah. no longer there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And they won. Shout-out to Jalen Brunson, who's just putting in work with the Knicks. Well, Former Villanova. Won a title with Villanova. At least one. DiVincenzo having a nice year. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo, yeah. Hart having a nice year. Josh Hart, yeah. Like the Villanova grads, uh, Bridges having a nice little career. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges is going going off recently with with the Brooklyn Nets. My guy, what he had, like 38-10 like a week ago? Chris Jenkins, the guy who hit those shots. Yeah, you're talking about the three-pointers. Yes, to beat Standing there like he's Jose Bautista, just boom, after just... Standing and just having the euphoria wash over his body. Like, that's an iconic moment to win the tournament. Just well, amazing. Wasn't iconic for me as a Tower Heel fan. <laughs> but, uh, but he's the only guy on the, on that team, not in the league, not making the league. huge amounts of money. Uh, but he has that shot. We'll never uh, buy a meal in Philadelphia again. But, uh, like, we at some point were like, yeah, Duke, they're going to have upperclassmen three, four years. Coach Cal, Kentucky, one and done. Wait, all did, young wait, guys. Wait, now, now all these teams are the same. You're right. Wait, did your impression of Duke change because RJ and Zion went there for a year? I, like, was it a little bit softer and uh, and Cam uh, Cam Reddish that year? I, I, I For one year, I had to put the rivalry aside and <laughs> cheer, just cheer for Duke on offense. Like, when RJ was in the play and had a usage rate, whether it's assist or, uh, you know, screen assist or a bucket, I'm like, I, I can cheer for Duke. Otherwise, no, I, I hate okay. Duke. It, but even, like, Duke players slapping the floor. Like, they, they uh, had... The J.J. Reddicks of yes, the world? The Shane Batiers? The John Batteries. Shire of the, of the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, they had, the you know, their own real aesthetic. They hated Battier, hated Boozer. And now, and now I feel like all these teams are kind of the same. They just are wearing different. Okay, uniforms. so then wh- where are you leaning for the like? Wh- who's in your final four? Like what? Where are you leaning as far as a champion goes? I mean, your bracket, it's due tomorrow. So I, I, I was giving out some hints earlier uh, to start the show. Will One you of, say it in the next block? What? The, the, what? Oh, was it? No, that, that was to start the show. Oh, right, my bad. Um, <laughs> uh, the. The the team that has won 19 of the last 20 tournaments. What? No, wait. Are, are you Ken Palm right now? I am Ken Palm. Okay, Correct. go. Uh, in the Ken Palm rankings, in terms of efficiency, <laughs> has to have has to be essentially top in offense and defense. So your offense and defense efficiency, when you add them up, can't be higher than 50. 19 of the last 20. The only one that was above was UConn. In 2014, 14. they made a crazy yeah. run. There were 101 odds, and you know, who they, was the coach hot. again? Who only uh, Kevin? Um, 
Oh, my goodness. Who took over for uh, Jim Calhoun. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember that brother's name. But um, Kevin, Kevin Durant really liked him. Kevin Ollie? Kevin Ollie. Yeah, sorry. Continue. So so who is that well, now? Well, is that, but you also is remember that Bama? LeBron with the Miami Heat was like, oh, we need Shabazz Napier. We oh, got to draft right. him. And, and then, then LeBron was like, peace, I'm gone. Gets so, drafted by the Heat and then bounces to back to Cleveland and yes. didn't, doesn't play a second with Shabazz Napier. Is Does Shabazz not. Napier still in the league? I, I, I highly doubt. That's oh, tough. So, so you got to be, you know, top offensive, defensive, and efficiency uh, rankings by Ken Palm. There are 10 teams this year where that is the case. So for me, it'll be one of those 10 teams. And one of the, one of the brackets is four of the 10, right? Uh, yeah, Kansas is. Kansas is Connecticut, Kansas. God, who else is in there? I saw UCLA. that. UCLA. Right. So wait. So, okay. So please continue. I'm sorry I keep interrupting you as you're, as you're peeling back the layers of this uh, thought process to get to the, pre- the gift, and you will reveal it at some point. Houston is, if I had to put money on it, the team I think will win. Man, you're, that's such a front-runner pick. Is like this, no, I, they're, I, they're, no, they're I think, one seed. I think, I think Alabama is a is Also a one pick. seed. So Alabama... Well, as I said to start the show, if you were not listening, the one seeds generally win. Alabama, I, I I struggle with rooting for Alabama, given that you know it was January, and one of their players was tied a potential accomplice to a, in a, a capital murder, right? And I, and and who's and one of the players who's who's being charged for it? Who's no longer on the team? Um, you know, the player that essentially allegedly was committed the act. Well, I, I don't think it's believed that he committed the act, but it was his gun. Uh, uh, Brandon Miller, who drove said gun, and, and there's a question of whether or not he knew it was in the car or what was going on. Um, and, and the more I've read about that case, the more sad it is, the more I feel for uh, the family. So I just struggle cheering for Alabama, knowing that that's probably going to trigger this family. So uh, I'm left with Houston, but my my dark horse pick because let's be honest, I hedge my bets. I have more than one bracket. <laughs> I'm not just putting it all on one. My dark horse is Memphis. No, no. So I'll shout out to Penny. Uh, my dark horse is Texas. Ooh, shout I out like to that. Marcus Carr. I like that. Nice yeah. little Canadian point guard. A little sixteen to one odds or eighteen to one odds, depending on the book. Sometimes some of them are four, thirteen or fourteen to ones. I like that. I like Texas, Houston. Baylor's wait. Baylor's a long shot. They're like twenty five to one. But yeah, the final four is in Houston, so there's you know. Well, that was another thought of mine. Is that the final four is in the state of Texas, and so whether it is Houston or Texas, that home cooking if you get there uh, might be helpful. Kansas, given no favors, uh, not only were they not seated in Kansas, which some people thought they would, but they, to your point, have. The best two seed in their bracket, the best three seed in their bracket, the best four seed in their bracket, and their coach just left the hospital to rejoin right. them. Bill Self, yeah, yes. yeah. So who has uh, like heart complications or something? Yeah. So you know what's good for your heart? The stress of the NCAA yeah, tournament. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Every two days, <laughs> possibly being upset uh, and having alumni really upset at you. Uh, so how do you fill out your bracket? Man, I I was. I had Kansas early. I put I put a few bucks on them in like December or something like that. I also put some bucks on on Kentucky, which that one's not going to come through. But uh, I I haven't 
been much of a college basketball viewer this year. So I'm really scrambling right before the um, the brackets are due and I'm reading, you know, popular writers or, or whatever. And I'm like many people, I look at the record and then I, I look at the location of where the game's being played. Like Alabama, the first couple games are in um, – Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. So it's like, oh, these like an hour away from like the actual site. I'm like, okay, this is like a home game. It's so I'm like Alabama's a pretty has an easier path to the final four. But then Brandon Miller, now that he's like now that the NCAA takes over the media, he won't be sheltered by the team. So he's gonna have to sit on a podium and answer questions like every time, either every practice or every time they advance, if they do about this incident and stuff. And, and that pressure is going to get to him. Cause like now he's on a national stage and the kid could go play for the Spurs tonight, like, and draw and give him 18 as a six, nine shooter. Like he's, he's a phenomenal talent. So like many people, I'm looking at the records where the, like where the games are being played and the proximity to their home gyms. And, uh, and then just uh, honestly, just like gut feel. So I don't have an exact science. I ha- I haven't renewed my Kempom subscription in many years. So I don't have access to that important data about like offensive uh, efficiency or offensive rating, defensive rating. Um, there was a chart I saw on Twitter with had, which had like, you know, the teams that had a top 20 or top 30 in offense and defense. And four of them are in that same bracket, the Kansas bracket. So that's going to be a gauntlet to get out. So I, I kind of lean Alabama, and I kind of lean. Uh, what did I put up? I put some money on Bama, Houston. I sprinkled it all over the place. Bama, Houston, Kansas. Long shot is Memphis. A little, a few, a few dollars on Texas, and uh, and my the 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 pick that I wanted that I I spent or wagered on early in the year was UCLA, just because okay. they're returning uh, front court, uh, yeah, back court. That's that's. I've got some injury issues. That's going to be. That's well. Be so does Houston. Marcus Strasher like, like injured his groin. Correct. Uh, and so in, he's not 100. percent Yes. There's also thought that they were resting him and that he could have played if necessary. Here are the Kim Palm uh, teams that are. Oh, so your subscription is. Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, we talked about expensive things earlier. <laughs> Bro, will now. you send me your this login credentials? Yeah, I, certainly. Uh, so uh, these are the ten teams. Houston uh, is in there. It was six to one. Alabama seven to one. Kansas. 10 to 1, Purdue 10 to 1, Arizona 12 to 1, Texas 12 to 1, UCLA 12 to 1, Yukon 15 to 1. Now it gets a bit stretched. Creighton, who's 40 to 1, and St. Mary's, who's 50 to 1. Now, at the beginning of this, when I said I apply the same logic to my bracket as I did the methodology that I learned in how you prep for the SATs, and it's all about not finding the right answer, but eliminating wrong answers. Oh, wow. And making an educated guess on what's left. Because you, you can't just get right answers. You have to get through as many of the questions in the allotted time. Um, there have only been four champions in the history of the tournament that have been 25 to 1 longer odds. So essentially, we could take Creighton and St. Mary's out of that top 10 just to make that, you know, a bit more of a Creighton's an interesting smaller, one, though. They are. Interesting, dark, a long shot. Now, they're a team, you know, that was considered to be top 10 coming into the year, didn't play to that level throughout the year, but it's a new slate. It's a new day in the tournament. It is, uh, I, I was listening to a podcast with Jay Wright, uh, the steam room. He was talking to Charles Barkley and, and Ernie uh, Johnson. Kenny? Great listener. Uh, Ernie. Um, and he said that he would prep his teams for essentially a bunch of two day tournaments. And so we said, listen, all we're thinking about 
is this week, these two opponents. So the main staff is getting you prepped for this opponent. We're not even thinking about the next opponent yet. If we win, we'll think about them at that point. But what he didn't tell the team was that, you know, let's say you're playing it. They would find similarities between those two teams and over index the things they talked about with the first team that would also be applicable to the second team. So, so they wouldn't, if they were one seed, for example, they wouldn't overlook the 16. They'd be like, guys, they're really good on the glass. They're crashing the boards. We got to make sure everyone find a man, find a body, knowing that the second team is also good on the glass. So there's keeping that same message. That's great. Wow. That is a wonderful uh, method uh, system. Yeah, the other thing he said he did is he, he wouldn't watch the games of the next opponent with the team because they would see the strengths, but they would also see the warts. They see a team, you know, run Wait, off. Wait, the th- players would or, the, or Jay Wright would? Jay Wright wouldn't watch the next opponent with the players because he didn't want to see the team they're about to play. He didn't want the team to see them struggle at all. So they would just come in with 16 clips of what oh. they did well. Oh, hey, guys, wow. we okay. better be ready. Look at them. Ball movement, right? Man movement, right? We got to be connected. Everyone on a string, right? Run them off the three-point line. Because if they see a team struggle, make some bad mistakes, you know, get their shot blocked at the rim, obviously, but we can handle these guys. So they didn't want to watch the games wow, with this the is team. Outstanding. They would only show them selected things to keep them focused. And as Greg Popovich would say, so they would have the appropriate fear of the next opponent. Um, Love that. Do you have the appropriate fear <laughs> of ruining your relationship? No. With Aaron Charles Rogers. Because I, I don't say I don't say ish. Okay. Well, hold on. Also, also, more importantly, he's not coming to me telling me like what his next moves are. Well. Evidently, Brandon Marshall thought he was coming to him, telling him what his next moves are. Uh, because here's a clip of them talking uh, on the I Am Athlete podcast at a a flag football event in Florida. Uh, Laguna Beach, California. Uh, same difference. Uh, take a listen to how Brandon Marshall tries to press Aaron Rodgers. How was it meeting Woody Johnson? How was that meeting? Oh, that was, that was, you know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. That's all I'm giving. I'm just there now. That's all I'm giving. Hey, Rod. Try back. What are we doing? Hey, Rod. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. How Stay long tuned. we gotta wait? Well, I think it won't be long. There's, a, there's a, there's a time, there's a time limit for all this. Can I break the news? Evidently, Brandon Marshall thought that they were closer than they really are. Because not only did he not give him a destination, he hit him with the very, very PR, always nice meeting with interesting people in the game. Like, what? Like we're not asking about you going but to a Hall does, of Fame he, he ceremony. He did confirm that he met Woody Johnson. Uh, and, I, I guess. And that a decision is imminent. It's crazy that we're talking about this. It's March. Well, dude. It's March. Well, it, the, uh, the Super Bowl was a month ago. Rihanna was performing on an elevated, literally one month ago. So you, um, you're saying that it's early or late to be talking about this? It's early, bro. No, it's not. This is. Listen, you're football wearing, is hijacked. green right now just so that you can, you know, cape for Rodgers no matter what team that's, he ends up playing on. It, it is not. Uh, it is not early. It is super late. First of all, it's not super Devontae late. Adams is tired about talking about this. Uh, he tweeted uh, or, or an IG story 
If we haven't talked in the last three weeks, don't hit me about this expletive. Thanks. So yeah. he, evidently his phone is blowing up as well. Dude, Tom Brady basically came out of retirement two days ago, this time last year, to let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers further know, yeah, go and get them boys. We're running it back. We're running it back, yeah. The, the, the Jets are watching, like, all these other QBs, good, bad, and different, come off the board, and they have no idea. Furthermore, there's players who, as you know, will want to play on Gang Green reign supreme with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers if he's there, but they don't want to play with Zach Wilson. That's true. No, that's the true. The current Jets don't want to play with Zach Wilson. <laughs> Who was out here making a plea? Was it, uh, was it, it wasn't Garrett Wilson. It was, um, I can't, there's a couple, one or two guys on, on, on Twitter or IG that like are, are trying to uh, recruit Rodgers to go play in New York. It's interesting. Listen, our relationship is a certain level where I'm not Pat McAfee. He's not coming to me to break to break news because I'm not a newsbreaker. I'm like uh, just like here for the vibes, and you know, I don't and I don't ask those questions. I had a friend actually message me last night. He goes, "Seriously, bro, where's this guy going?" I'm like, "I don't know, man." And I wouldn't I wouldn't bug him with it. I'm gonna find out like everybody else, and then I'll, I'll root for wherever he's at. Closed mouth does not get fed. You need to get that info. Oh uh, my goodness, I'm not Schefter. I'm not Rappaport. I'm not you know. But, I can't think of anybody else. I'm not you. Who is like might be breaking football news and yeah. et cetera. I'm breaking news on you know which five star Canadian quarterbacks are signing in the U <laughs> Sports level. Um, You're but, asking about their decision matrix. Exactly. Uh, before we, we go, yes. uh, promote what you have uh, coming up. What people can look forward to well, from you. I have we. Uh, I, I contribute to Hockey Night in Canada on Saturdays. Uh, we do the, uh, some fun little um, betting segments. We're on when we sports segments, but I just add a different flavor to it. And coming down the pipe uh, as we approach uh, the hockey playoffs, which start in about a month, I have an interview with David Pasternak and uh, Brad Marchand coming, and I'm trying to line up a couple of more hockey conversations to. To fill your TVs and or, and or your phones and or your iPads with some fun interviews and getting guys outside of their comfort zones, so they don't sound like robots splitting spitting cliches like "play hard, pucks in deep, one game at a time, one shift at a time," you know, back check all that kind of stuff. As we leave and wrap this episode, breaking news, which won't be breaking by the time you hear this, but it is for us. Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents. He would like them to target and acquire per sources. This is from Diana Rossini. Wow. It includes Randall Cobb. So they just David want Bakhtiari? to be buds. Nope. Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham Jr. Wow. This guy is so How about you sign first before you start making demands? Guy, he's his reputation. He earns that, bro. No, t- no listen. It, it, Are you kidding? This is this this is a guy who you He's give Mount Rushmore, you give the, the, dude. The, the the love letter to in the sandbox as a kid. Check yes, check no, and they send it back with maybe is what this guy's doing right now. Obviously, the the messaging out of Green Bay is like they don't want to rock with him anymore. So might as well. He has the leverage of where he's going to the lowly Jets. Like yeah, if I'm coming, we're bringing the whole squad with. This has been going deep. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening to this in the podcast form, be sure to like, favorite, share, subscribe. While you're on your phone, make sure you follow Cab if you're not already. And also, if you're listening to this in the podcast form, I pray to God that Aaron Rodgers has chosen a team by now. Thanks for listening.